Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chiefy Two Shoes, and, and I'm joined by you. And me, the Interrupting Diagnostic 80, yeah. I love doing that, uh, from the Full Force <laughs> Podcast and, of course, Talking Joe. How are you, yeah. buddy, on this last, and it's not the last, the second to last episode of the Marvel run? Yes, the penultimate. Even. Yes, the penultimate episode, which is number 52, I think. So 52, coming to you live from the Talking Joe Studios. Yeah, because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't actually edited 51 yet. No, no, we are as always in a time machine. Dun, Much dun, like the Mandalorian. Dun, dun, dun. The Mandalorian. What? Yeah. What do you think? Are your? Yeah, have you? Okay, let's let's go there then. Have okay. you watched Mandalorian? I have. I love it. Okay. Have you seen it yet? I have seen episodes one and two. Brilliant. But what are your thoughts? I I'll lay it out for you. So I big Star Wars fan. I just wanted to like it or hate <laughs> it, but no, we're gonna get we're gonna get the troll that you get at the beginning of a Star Wars movie now. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll keep it simple. I thought it started out very strongly, episode one. I like the main character. He was kind of a bit sort of broody, didn't say much. There's that thing where he goes and meets the, the, the blacksmith. Are we allowed to spoil this right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, skip ahead probably about two minutes. Just two, keep two, slash, <laughs> two to three minutes. It'll be skip, baby Yoda. Skip, yeah. IG8 dies. Yeah. Skip the skip as well. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's going to contain spoilers. So it started out, uh, like I say, nicely. There's a person who's melting him a new, um, whatever that, what's that metal called? Bezla, no. Something kind of steel, but I forget what it's called. But, but anyway, that. Borzak. Something, yeah, like that. something like that. Building him like a shoulder pad. Borzak steel. Yeah, Borzak yeah, steel. Yeah, Borzak steel. And he's like kind of just bounty hunting. And then it gets a little bit weird when he starts riding on some weird creature with you know like attack of the clones where you know anakin and padme are frolicking in an open field do not compare the mandalorian with that utter garbage he's kind of riding he's kind of riding that strange creature fish hippo it's a fish hippo that's 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 a bit weird and then there's that then it starts going all comedy on me and with the ig robot whoever that is i don't know it just felt a little bit comedy and then this yoda thing pops up i can't think what the species is what's the race of yoda i don't, I don't think know. anyone's ever called it out loud have they i don't think it's ever been written down or anything yeah yeah it is is it is a known thing but i don't know it but then he pops up and it's all a bit strange and my buddy mentioned that it was very clone warsy in terms of the clone wars animated show which is amazing i love the fact that i hate episodes one well i don't hate episodes one two and three but i have a strong dislike for them as feature films but the clone wars animated they've made that time period where the movies were shit, they've made an animated show which is absolutely amazing yeah totally series creator george lucas opted to have many details of the character's life history remain unknown yoda's race and homeworld have not been named in any official media canonical or otherwise and he is merely said to be of a species she's unknown by the star wars databank yeah, there you go all right i stand corrected anyway when he pops up at the end this little thing i was like oh where's this going and suddenly the mandalorian got really chatty and it didn't really it felt a bit of a hodgepodge that first episode still very much enjoyed it then episode two i thought potentially wasn't as good as one most people say it was even better than one mm. 
What I do you loved think? it. I, I, honestly, I've been thoroughly smiling throughout both of these episodes in like a, I don't know, like I feel like there's something really good about it. Yeah, I just, I just, I've just been loving the, the quality, the acting's cool, the, like the characters are wicked, the, the actual like, you know, IG-11 I thought was amazing. I thought, I, I've always wanted to see an IG, like an actual IG droid yep. in action. Like, because obviously IG-88 gets in like five seconds in that movie. Cameo, yeah. and then he ends up in the blooming droid blooming uh, torture zone or whatever it is I've wanted to see that for a while and I, I was not disappointed I thought it was amazing and yeah there was comedy in there but I kind of like, I enjoyed that humour I really did enjoy it I felt like it was better than the humour that was in The Last Jedi which I, I felt the humour in Last Jedi was a bit that did seem off to me but I felt like the humour in this was kind of it wasn't as they didn't realize it was humor necessarily you know the characters didn't realize it was humorous and i like that so yeah i mean i've i've really enjoyed it i, th- I think it's yeah. great but anyway well you, less you mentioned you mentioned there the last jedi was very very quickly inside chief's mind basically no not yet not yet inside uh, you chief's jedi mind tricks. you mentioned the last jedi and i actually watched it for only the second time last week first time being at the cinema I watched it for the second time i thought okay episode nine's coming up let's do a little recap yep and I think it is my least favourite yep. of the... I'm going to take a guess here. Of All the, the movies. Thir- of the 13 Star Wars feature films there have been. Yeah, I think it is mine too, yeah. I think it's worse than episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, Solo, Rogue One, Clone Wars Animated, and the two Ewok movies. I, I have to say, I think Attack of the Clones is up there as one of my least favourite films. Phantom Menace is always redeemed for me with Darth Maul and the Jewel of the Fates fight because that is like that is like peak amazing Star Wars and then the the kind of the surrounding elements of that film is but anyway yeah enough of this this isn't a Star Wars podcast Uh, very very quickly I say very quickly at the start of every sentence but very quickly very slow three three other things I did I um, got my slippers because you know the other day the other episode where I was in the loft and yeah. my feet were like blocks of ice because I forgot my slippers so now I've got my slippers on although they are falling apart and they're leaving like bits of black oh, rubber and, and wool almost all over the floor everywhere so get some new slippers mate well, Christmas is coming up that's a catch yeah, that's a catch because the secret has been leaked that, that the kid and the missus want to buy me slippers for Christmas however that's like five weeks away so i don't want to go i can't wear these old decrepit slippers anymore i can't go five weeks without slippers so what do i do do i buy Six a pair pairs of, of socks oh. so anyway there's that but moving on the other thing i did was are we inside I chief's actually, mind right now no not yet okay. we don't have to come still Jesus. i downloaded that game that you've been playing that transformers uh, mobile that's, that's kitty and i reckon i played it for three i downloaded it played it for three hours non-stop <laughs> wow and then realized why i hate those kind of games i know it's not because of the the pay to play thing i don't i'm never gonna yeah same buy credits or anything same. i think the game can be played without having to spend cash Agreed. it's like a term for, you know, i can't think what it's called but however i hate games that I suppose this can be disputed that have no ending now i guess theoretically yeah. you could say well it does have an ending because you can collect everything but then well they keep, they keep adding add-ons. stuff though yeah yeah exactly. yeah so i have a, have a massive dislike 
for or loathe in fact for games that have no ending so open, after that after i realized after i realized that after three hours i was like uh uninstalled it deleted it oh you didn't even join our alliance that's sad oh no, no time for that rubbish so then the other thing i did was i completed the last of us brilliant which is brilliant in my top five all-time video games off the top of my head at a rough guess i'd say the other four in my top five of all Nobody time would be <laughs> would be nhl 94 on the mega drive nice it would be sega rally on the sega saturn cool it would be wipeout 2097 on the playstation one oh, a, a lot of racing and, games and the fourth selection in there that's a tricky one possibly resident evil 4 on the gamecube interesting interesting selection and what have you been up to i've just been working lots i think i think just constantly working that's about it i'm not going to get into the details because it'll take hours but you know just the usual lots of editing lots of podcasting lots of working and not much of the other stuff i did i must admit like a few minutes before we came on here i did play fifa for the first time in about i don't know how many months it's been okay okay so what version of fifa is it old enough for us to be able to do a retro game session no it's it's fifa 20 okay (laughs) we'll keep we'll keep that on hold till next week well having said that 1920 that they definitely need to bring out like a pre-war kind of old school football game don't they like you know like muddy the ball's really heavy all the players can elbow the goalkeeper in the face that kind of thing i did actually switch on my mega drive mini today just in case we were going to do a retro gaming session i played about half an hour of shinobi 3 oh cool cool so join to do the retro gaming um, jingle (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i've got enough to say about it other than hang on hang on hang on wait 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 i'm retro gaming that's what i'm playing so don't be shaming because then you'll be failing Nintendo Power, not in the shower. Sega for the ages, ghouls and ghost rages. Atari Jaguar, how did it get that far? Sony Playstations, gave me sensations. And now I have to go and do some retro gaming. I said retro gaming, and I'm out. Okay, go. <laughs> That's it, I'm done. Played about half an hour. It, it seems okay, but it's not a patch on Revenge of Shinobi. It's always classic. good when the theme outlasts the content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've got to cram as much stuff in as we can, so... I, I um, spent hours on that f- theme. It, it's definitely going in. Anyway, next up. It's probably time to talk about beverages for the show. Beverage for the show. Beverage for the show. Now I am gonna go. Right, I'm not even going to ask who's going first. I'm going first this week. I've got a passion so tango herbal I, tea. I have. I was. I. I basically <laughs> forgot. I did a Chris McLeod. I forgot to buy a drink or was hard pushed to buy a drink. Yes. So I pulled out of the fridge. Ooh. What were you doing inside the fridge? Something that I have not had before. Now I, like you, I buy a lot penis. of non-dairy milkish product so you know your almond milk your coconut milk all that sort of kind of jazz jazz to moon base too jazz to moon base too yep. and i actually had one in the fridge that i haven't tried before i didn't buy it for this show but i did buy it with the aim of using it as something different and this sure. is hazelnut milk oh oh so it's an alpro hazelnut all plant deliciously nutty so let's <laughs> nut milk i love a bit of nut milk i'm gonna shake it 
How hard must it be to milk a nut? Like, you know, to really just get the get the milk out of it. Now then, I can taste hints of hazelnut, which is always a bonus when you're mm. drinking hazelnut milk. Yes. It's not as creamy as I thought. Let me okay. have another go. Is it like a lot like looser, shall we say? Is it wetter? Or is it... Yes. Kind of, okay, yeah. It's a wet taste. <laughs> I... I might try it in coffee. On the side, it says tasty in coffee. So I might try that. But um, yeah, it's, it's okay. I'm going to give it a healthy 6.5 out of 10. Healthy. I like it. What about you? I have a Tivana Passion Tango Herbal Tea flavoured with hibiscus and cinnamon. It's a craft iced tea, 14.5 fluid ounces, which is 429 millilitres, 90 calories per bottle, no artificial flavours, metal cap, Glass bottle. Here we go. It's out in my house. Ooh. Nice sound. Yeah, nice. It's one of those like metal, you know, that has to rip itself apart. Here we go. Well, that's yummers. That's really nice. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. It's none of the things I expected it to be. Like, I'm, I'm expecting loads of passion fruit or whatever passion tango means. But like, I'm, I'm expecting a bit more cinnamon, a bit more hibiscus, some sort of tea. None of those things really hit me. <laughs> Right. Okay. I, either I've got either someone's pissed in a bottle and I've drunk drunk it, <laughs> or it's uh, just yeah, it's just not really what it's you know. But it's nice. It's lovely. I'm going to give it a uh, I'm going to give it a six point five. Okay. Same copycat. I luckily for everyone involved, I went to the restroom uh, before we started recording. So same. Same. Be no more of that shenanigans. I even messaged you to tell you and gave you little emojis of what was happening at the time. You did, yeah. I'll appreciate that for all time. But right now, we do legitimately have to go inside Chief's mind. Ugh. Inside Chief's mind. Ooh, why didn't we so go this is, boo for the Halloween one? That would have been. That made is, so much sense. This is more of a general accounting of a period Whoa. of time in my life rather than me saying people. Oh, okay. So, the time in my life I refer to is two days ago. <laughs> now, <laughs> it, was a, it was a different time. It was a bygone age <laughs> of Monday. And I'll lay it out for you. So, I take the kid to breakfast club before school on a Monday. Brexit club. And I have about, on dropping her off, I have about 15-minute window to get home pick up my bag and then run to the train station now i don't take my bag with me to school to drop her off because it's really heavy and i don't want to have to run from the school to the train station and get all sweaty so i leave it in the porch so anyone who wants to come and steal my bag on a monday you'll find it in an unlocked porch it's just got granite blocks in it though so there's no point really yeah so anyway we go to school i thought we were on time and everything was good now when i left the school i looked at my watch 12 minutes Need about 15. So I'm like, right, okay, let's break into a bit more of a jog here. And so Why I'm halfway, do you do it to yourself? I'm halfway and I'm thinking, right, now last week the train I catch was actually delayed by two minutes, which meant... <laughs> this one is going to be well on time. <laughs> which meant I got there in ample time. So I thought, right, I'll, whilst, I'll slow my jog to kind of a, like a speed walk so I can still able to access my phone whilst plowing ahead and check the train time if it's you know on time whatever check the train bollocks it's actually running on time so now i've got about seven minutes to go so 
I kind of scaled down to, I'm not walking, but I'm kind of, I'm not speed walking, but I'm kind of an accelerated walk, if you will. Get back to my house, pick up the bag. As I'm walking up my path to get my bag, you know, sometimes when you're walking and you feel like you've got a stone lodged in the grooves of your of your sole of your shoe. Yes. Yeah, because making that tip-tappy sound oh, is a that. bit uncomfortable. So I've went to yank out this stone from the bottom of my shoe, yanked it out, and uh, didn't realize it wasn't a stone, it was a piece of glass. Wow. Okay. So now I'm like, bollocks, that's really hurt my finger. So anyway, I got my bag, walking down to the train station, and um, go to put my uh, beanie hat on, and then I was like, what's this? Because there's a big patch of blood all over the hat. Look down, my thumb is gushing blood oh everywhere. Oh my goodness. You are a, you're a walking mess. You know that, so right? So now I've got, I managed to get a <laughs> tissue. I've got a tissue out of my pocket, wrapped it around my thumb, and I thought, right, I've got somewhere in my bag a plaster, but I had a route around, couldn't find it. So got to the train station. As I'm walking through the gate at the train station, wait a minute, there's my train. It's just leaving. The train was actually delayed by three minutes didn't come up on my app when i was looking and had i have not had the glass in my th- in my finger stopped to look at the train i would have actually made it i missed it by about 10 seconds gutted so now i'm on the platform and the next train that i was gonna get was delayed by 22 minutes oh my goodness so i'm then now thinking right i've got to look up to see an alternate route so i've got my rucksack on but then in my other hand there's like it's wet as well so it's rain everywhere so the platform's soaking in my other hand i've got uh, another carrier bag or it's like a tote bag so it's kind of cloth so i don't want to put it down because it's going to get wet so i'm holding it in my left hand so i'll try on my phone to look up the train times and it's got one of those fingerprint readers on the iphone to, <laughs> I, I, it won't be my fingerprint because my fingers cut my thumbs my thumbs covered in blood so it won't open my phone oh my goodness to look it up so then I had to put my bag down or whatever I did. So the bag got soaking. So then I could use my other hand to input the code or whatever to open it up. Then finally, I managed to find an alternate route. Ended up in Canada Water in London. Because I was so later than normal, I'm now during peak, peak commuting time. Gutted. And I watched seven tubes pull up to the station. Doors opened. Literally one person was able to get on. Doors closed, off it went. And there was about 50 people in front of me. So I watched seven tubes come and go before I was actually able to squeeze on and then finally got to work about 15-5 minutes later than I should have been and uh, with a pissing blood finger and a wet bag and you know just annoyance all round. Do you have like a strict time to be at work? And that's a stupid question, but sometimes it can be a bit, you know, fle- flex. Yeah, it's flexy, but I had meetings that I had to be in which I can dial into and on on the, I can you know, dial into the meeting via my phone. But the problem was I was on the underground at the time when I was supposed to be dying, so I couldn't even dial in. So it was a bit of a shambles all around, really. Mate, that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you kept it brief, is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I want to talk about some G.I. Joe comics. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having some nut milk first, though. Oh, my goodness me. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them, whoa. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them, whoa. Right, so we have 152, 153, 154 to talk about here. Let's look at the cover to 152. They're all single issues. <clears throat> so 152, we have got Special Issue presenting the original adventure of the very first G.I. Joe. And you've got... A little kind of caption there, 30th salute, G.I. Joe, 1964 to 1994. 
And this is, well, I guess it's Colonel Joe Colton. Uh, is it readily recognisable as him on the cover? Don't think so. Yeah, they released a uh, toy kind of in a similar vein around the same time. You know, like. But if you're not, if you're only reading the comics, not collecting the toys. No, no, you wouldn't know. Like, you wouldn't know. No. Other than the fact in the previous issue, I think they mentioned he had to go to Washington. But even that probably doesn't reflect this. But anyway, well, he's carrying, you know, the flag. And I don't know, it's a bit. The cover doesn't really do that much for me, I don't nah, think. It's a bit <laughs> Uh, okay, so this is Larry Harmer's on script, Phil Gossier's on pencils, Scott Cobblish is on inks, colours is by Chi, letters by Vic. That's not Michael Vic, by the way. Scumbag. He's dog track. Uh, so this is called Just Fade Away, and basically Colonel Joe is being flown to Washington, and actually, let me just skip to the very end. Well, he's, again, I've he's read general, isn't he? now or general yeah he's general he's general colton in the in this in this current era time, or time frame and then the, the the flashback is him as a colonel because obviously he wasn't uh, no, lieutenant then. he's a lieutenant L- even flashback. yeah so i'm just flicking forward again as always read these issues 20 minutes ago already forgot what's happened i flicked to the back to see what the actual conclusion is of the present day storyline i don't even know why he's going to washington i don't think they've actually explained that right Okay. That com- so anyway, I'm, I'm guessing he, 155 might give us a bit more uh, info on that. Okay. So anyway, he is at uh, Maguire, AFB, New Jersey, and he is picked up by some guy, some nameless guy. No, it's Ace. Oh, is it? How do we know it's Ace? Because <laughs> it says. <laughs> it oh, says yeah, Ace. Ace. Bloody hell. I need to do something about remembering things. It's um, Ace, from, and he's in the uh, Ghost Striker X-16, I think it's called. Yeah, sounds about right. I'm not going to argue. He is taking him there, and then the, the issue is a recount of his time in Nam. Not Ace, we're talking about Colton. <laughs> so when I first read this, so let's just look, see when this is. This was from September 1994. When I first read this, back in September 1994... I was a massive fan, and I think over the years I had potentially soured on it as it being a little bit, I don't know, I felt maybe heavy-handed or whatever, but now having reread it again, I'm actually, actually I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, it's fun, fast-paced, dynamic, there's that whole thing of, um, you know, his story in Nam, and it's all very violent, and there's lots of, you know, crazy shit going on, and people dying left and right, and then... It's about like it, it, in a short space of time, I suppose they do manage to build up a, some sort of like relationship between yep. Colton and the other guys, and that obviously helps in the you know towards the end of that issue. Yeah, and what what initially struck me on, re- on reading this again was it's very like you said, action packed, hard boiled, tons and tons. Every page is filled with military slang and jargon and terminology, and it felt very very apart from the recent issues we've had yeah that's larry isn't it yeah cesspool ninjas and all the kind of even cobra commander being kind of a bit of a jokey parody of a of a bond villain kind of thing which i did enjoy but this he's you can imagine if this had someone like russ heath or some of these other more serious artists it would even crank it up to another level in terms of its attempt at realism in a sense totally i think when even when larry does the kind of crazy stuff he will throw in that real military jargon and that kind of that does ground a lot of it doesn't it you know when we when we were reading a lot of the earlier issues you're right though when larry's off the book it's so obvious 
and when he comes back onto it again it's again it's really obvious that he's back involved and it would be i think it would be very easy to go through this without looking at the the scripts and just go all right okay you you have to work out who's written this um Larry's. he's not been off it he's not been off it yet though has he he has been off a couple hasn't he in the in the previous issues uh no that's the next two one five three and one five four. Oh, okay i thought he'd been off a couple previously no because he read the last one was the slam dance in the cyber castle i don't mean like like immediate recent future i mean right, okay. I, I mean like oh, sorry recent past i mean like he's been off the book a, a couple of times in the past where uh what's his name wrote an issue um trimpy um who else wrote issues there's there's like about three or four dotted around in the past i think stephen grant but I th- i'm sure that was like year like six years ago but anyway well even if it is what i'm saying is you can tell when he's on it and when he's off it is what i'm yes. getting at you know like his yeah. As soon as he's not involved in the comic, you know fully well why, and, and, and it has an effect on it, I think, personally. Yeah, yeah. The Phil Gossier art, I think, it's easy to say it's a bit too car- too cartoony in style for this theme and this tone of the book, but I don't know. I'm not dead set against it. I think there's some really nice panels, and I think generally the artwork's okay. Yeah, it's cool. It's Again, there's ups and downs in this one for me. Like, there's some really like good art there's a one bit where they're there's a couple of guys are back to back and there's a helicopter flight like you know crashing in the background behind them like on fire gun um you know bullets hitting the dirt next to their feet from an angle from the ground looking up so you can see like one of them dead on the ground more yeah. guys kind of coming out it's just really like whoa that's that's amazing and then yeah. there you know you get to some scenes like, where maybe there isn't a lot of action and it you know maybe doesn't look great like some of the the faces between you know when like the the president turns up yeah a little off but you know it's it's still pretty cool i i really enjoyed it art wise yeah. here's here's a, here's a sample of an action scene with some some larry you can tell this is larry Harmer's script i put a burst through center of mass of the first one and then my mic one six decided to choke on a bulged case had to vertical butt stroke number two while i pulled the old model one nine one one a one on the third vc i had to i had violated the sop by carrying that old colt locked and cocked <laughs> yeah that's definitely so, larry i've always called yeah. it the m nineteen eleven a one just so just to save time <laughs> what did i call it well one, nine, one, yeah, one, one. One. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like listening to one of those adverts for like insurance <laughs> or something call m1911 anyway yes yeah. um yeah so overall it's an enjoyable throwback it's uh standalone this could easily have been a special mission issue and yeah yeah and and even during all this action you know larry manages to put in some you know some sort of for want of a better word tender scenes where yep. one of the dudes has has taken it who is it it's i don't know i can't remember what the guy's name is it's not angel is it maybe it is he's he's taken a gut shot and the lieutenant won't leave him behind and then they get some blacked out huey comes to pick him up because they need to take in a ironic twist of fate where in present day colton's being taken to washington back in nam he was kind of picked up and he had to go back to a, a place of a headquarters which again was washington eventually and this huey's picked him up and they've got strict orders to take him straight there even though colton's saying get this man to a hospital stat because we gotta patch him up and he, he's looking out for his guy. And then when they land and he's bit the dust, he wants to carry him to effectively the morgue and put graves, him in his coffin. Graves yeah. registration. Yeah, yeah. Graves registration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe a bit heavy handed, maybe a bit cheesy, but you could kind of see that in maybe like a Michael Mann film or something like that. So he's, he's trying to instill the human element in, in war, I guess. It's funny he, when he gets to the White House as well and he's like, you know, he's like a couple of hours late. 
And the president turns up and says, I'm sorry I kept you waiting, but I did expect you two hours ago. Well, if you expected me two hours ago, you should be sitting there <laughs> waiting for me then, shouldn't you, knobhead? Yeah. That's yeah. what I would have said in that situation. I'd have called the president a knobhead. Um, <laughs> JFK, yeah. It's funny that they both, yeah, it's, yeah and it's JFK. And they, they both have, there's a really fun little, well, not fun because of what happens with it, but the homage where he says, one of his guys comes in and says, Mr. President, it's time to get to the airport. We have a busy schedule in Texas this week. We have yeah. to be in Dallas by the 22nd. And it's just like, oh, okay. man, that's close, you know. Place it in history, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting. And I, I quite like that little homage. But yeah. Yeah, and then it, it kind of caps it off with they're flying down and he's like, oh, you, you ready to go? And he's like, oh, just give me a minute, please. Thank you. And it's kind of like he's reflecting on, you know, mm what's happened to him in the past and the reason he was in the white house was because he is being told to front up this new covert group called gi joe so he was he was the initial founder i guess it's nice that jfk is the uh the president that you know started gi joe like that that's kind of a cool i don't know like yeah like a nice cool like undertone that never really gets talked about or mentioned that often in other media a a lot of the time they are starting in different time periods so it never really comes up but it'd be nice if somebody homaged that down the road in a different cartoon or a you know comic or something yeah yeah that'd be great i've got some pinups in the back here i've got actually i sent them to you just in case you didn't have them because you weren't reading the singles and i forgot to send you the duke one okay by uh, alex saviak um so i've got a duke one then i've got a stalker one yeah don't know who did that but it's kind of coming out of the jungle with some guns I quite like that one there's a rock and roll one which is kind of an action-packed one there's a storm shadow one find some red guns. ninjas yeah storm yeah. shadow's really shown off his bits and pieces there isn't he yeah yeah balls to the wall there's a scarlet one and a ninja, force. ninja force and then a snake eyes one where he is there's a load of dead cyber vipers at his feet there's all and sorts. He is, yeah, his great. mask has been torn off battle core so. vipers there's like a nitro viper and then there's yeah I, I quite like that one i think that's pretty cool yeah yeah i'll post these up on the on the socials so we can see what is your yo joeage for this issue i'm gonna give it a seven enjoyed it but i won't go into too much you know it's it is what it is same seven for the chief uh moving on to 153 this one shadow of the bat on the cover and featuring it's G.I. Joe, real American hero, featuring Scarlet. And she is on the deck reaching for something, be it a weapon or whatever. And there is a Terminator standing over her. Oh, no, sorry, uh, a BAT standing over her. Not over fussed with this cover, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will quickly point out this is a uh, plot is by Eric Fain, script is by Peter Quinos, and art is Will Rosado, inks is Jack Snyder, letters is Vicky Williams, and colors is by Chi. Yes, so what's happening here is Dr. Knox, who is a new character, and she felt like a Dr. Bigglesworth knockoff. Massive Dr. Bigglesworth knockoff, yes. Yeah, and what she's doing is she has revamped up the BATs, and she wants to sell the tech to Cobra, even though she's clearly pictured in a Cobra outfit, so don't really know what the working relationship there is and she has sent it out on a mission to kill scarlet because she thinks that will show off its capabilities she uh, yeah i don't know but and there's a funny bit here where she actually mentions something like the the bat's doing stuff like hunting down scarlet and she's like with this i'll be able to make enough money i'll be able to open another swiss bank account (laughs) 
So she's already got. Oh, here you go. I found it. The bat is responding perfectly to my handheld unit. If everything goes this smooth, I'll be able to open another Swiss bank account. So <laughs> she just, clearly doesn't need the money, but she's just in it for the lols. Just put more f-ing money in your 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 current Swiss bank account. Like yeah. Uh, weird i do get uh, believe it or not i do like the art in this one it doesn't have the same feeling necessarily as a gi joe issue because the art looks like something i can't i can't quite place it but it looks like something that you'd see in like 80s marvel like where they try and go ultra detail and ultra like every every panel they've taken care in like there's so much care that you know that the uh what do you call it like the anatomy is correct or that the or everyone in scale is is correct and everything around them is like to an inch like everything is like perfectly done like there's you know in some comic books there'll be some panels where you'd be like they've rushed the out of that this one looks like they've really taken care with every single brush stroke and it's not like necessarily a it doesn't feel like gi joe to me in the same sense i mean how do you feel about that yeah i think it's story-wise it's more of a special missions but like you mentioned, art-wise, it is a bit more superhero-y, I think. Yeah, that's what in it the, is, in the, in the In the style. And Will Rosado, he did some art where Megatron showed up during that little run. Yes. And I think visually his art has progressed massively from then. And going forward, when he's on some Batman books and even the IDW G.I. Joe stuff, it just comes on even further. So I think we're seeing, you know, kind of an evolution of his art style here. And like you, I don't particularly dislike the art but i think it's just a different Mm. style it's like i'm reading a different comic it's not like it doesn't feel like gi joe and the fact that scarlet doesn't take a jacket off all the way through is another weird kind of thing for me like i thought the whole point was to reveal it and all that she's wearing her ninja force costume but you only just see it all the way through the issue and i don't know i just found that kind of a a weird kind of approach to kind of take yeah and there's a kind of a weird bit early on where she bumps into someone and it's almost like a look-alike kind of thing yeah and you're thinking oh that is definitely going to play a part you know that's gonna be a big part but all it actually does is it's only you know one page at the at the end where the bat mistakes her for scarlet and then that's quickly resolved anyway because she backs up a garbage truck into him but felt like that was going to be a thing but Mm. it never really was a thing yeah i mean it was really just like a it was one of those things where they bump into each other at the beginning the woman's a bit of a to scarlet scarlet kind of rushes it off and she's like okay well it wasn't my fault but you know she's obviously just a and then later on the bat mistakes her grabs was going to kill her scarlet saves her life but the woman again continues to act like a bitch to her. So you nearly killed me. You nearly ran me over with that garbage truck. No, I saved your life, but whatever. And then they go their separate ways, and it's just very much like a okay. So is this just a, a comment on once a bitch, always a bitch kind of thing? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, the theme of non-gun weapons was a bit heavy-handed. So she's on a building site. So we get pickaxes, cement mixers, rivet guns, axes, hammers. She runs the full gamut, Scarlet, of using, you know, workman's tools yeah. to try and down this BAT. And it felt like, okay, I'll turn the page. We've had two or three. I was like, what's she going to pick up next? Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, again, like, it's, it to me, it would, it's another special missions issue. And I kind of feel like it, you get the feeling now that it that joe is this comic is probably they know what's happening they know that it's coming to an end and they're just filling time before it has to be bookended in a way yeah yeah i guess here's a chance for you to talk toys before the toy segment we get a mention and a very 
single panel briefish look at a gi joe razor blade which is something i've never heard of or seen before yeah apart from in this one panel of this comic yeah just a vehicle that came out in 94 i want to say it looks nothing like that f-ing drawing i'll tell you that much okay i mean right. yeah just about close enough but it's uh i'll send you a picture <laughs> okay and i've actually got a pinup in the back of this one it's uh dusty oh, okay um, and he's sitting on a tank with another guy in combat behind him. He's eating some rations. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a bit more serious because there's some enemies with their hands, kind of fingers laced above their heads, being marched in front of them. A bit more of a kind of serious I vaguely, military bit. vaguely have a memory of that. Mike Harris. Mike Harris is the artist. Yeah, they're both kind of like, yeah, he's kind of sitting there uh, with, uh, yeah, the ration pack and like a little spoon yeah. in his hand and he's kind of resting his, ar- his arm on his knee and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. nice pick. I like it's it. Very cool. Very cool. What's your yo Joage on this? Um, I'm going to go with a straight down the middle five uh, because I do like the art. I think it, but it, it just doesn't, it's it's hard to explain, but you know, you get a feeling with G- certain G.I. Joe uh, stories and comics and stuff, and it just doesn't feel like that. It feels like a little bit of a Terminator rip. There's a new character in it that just is in it, and you know, that's it. You know, what more do we know about Dr. Knox after this? Probably not much than we're ever going to know. I just, yeah, it just felt like a little bit, and you know, the forced areas of like, you know, here's the razor blades to save us. <laughs> it's just like yeah squeeze that in um yeah so down the middle five for me i think i am going to copy you this time and go five yeah, yeah. good man actually i copied you last time as well this i, I oh, feel like okay. it's going to be a very similar <laughs> conversation for the next issue as well in all okay honesty. so well issue 154 gi joe Rin american hero featuring roadblock Flying the unfriendly skies as Roadblock and an air hostess uh, are falling out of the sky. Not over fussed with this cover. However, doesn't happen absolutely in the Absolutely love this issue. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we won't be similar. Well, I I'm just gonna be down the middle, I think. This is an Amanda Connor cover. Now, Amanda Connor is kind of a big time DC artist, I guess now, and she's done loads of stuff across the Supergirl, Power Girl, Superman kind of stuff. So, you know, again, nice to see artists who are prominent in the industry now kind of cutting their teeth some 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, So this is called Flying the Unfriendly Skies. This is Peter Quinos who scripted the last issue. And I thought this was a massive difference in scripting to the last one. And, well, uh, and Ernie Steiner is on art. Crusher Wallace on inks, Chai on colours, and Vicky Williams on letters. First thing I'm going to say is, opening splash page roadblock dressed as a cowboy is this something that has been in his kind of profile before is he a known cowboy no it's just because he's going to the chili cook-off in texas or whatever it is yeah that's all it is it's just a i like highlight that aspect i like this aspect and i like this look and feel for roadblock i think that opening splash page is brilliant i love the movement and the fact that you've got he's the way he's like rushing and he's got the bags flying all over the place and yeah, it's a really it's a really beautiful splash page. I, th- I think. Yeah, looking at the art in general for the issue, I think there's some bits that up and are maybe down. a little bit wonky. Up and down, but I love the way this guy draws Roadblock. He draws him very kind of quirky, yep. and a little bit off kilter, super exaggerated some, muscles. Super wise. exaggerated. Some great facials for Roadblock in, in this issue, and I don't know. It's one of those things. It's kind of the Tony Salmon's effect where (laughs) yeah most people dislike his art i tended 
to like the quirkiness of it and i think this is a similar vein i i you know i'd like to see more of this guy's art I'd, i've never heard of the guy before but i'm gonna look him up but yes well i think the art's a strong point in this because it is really it's consistent in its style it doesn't yeah. change style i should say uh, there are ups and downs and yeah in some of the in some of the panels but again like you can kind of you can forgive that in comics a lot if there's like you know good aspects to it because you you and the, the other thing is I, I don't know about you but like i only really focus on the art because we talk we talk about it on this episode on these shows like yeah. I, and yes i'll to a degree when i'm doing like comics burst we'll have to obviously focus on the art and talk about it but when i read a comic without that fanfare without that stuff like i'm not doing a podcast about it if i read a comic and i get to the be- from the beginning to end and i read it and i'm immersed in it and i get to the end and i finished it, i was like whoa that was cool and you know i haven't noticed the art then for me that is like the perfect thing they could have done you know like if i'm if the art is too good sometimes and you tend to just be looking at it rather than actually reading the comic i mean i'm not sure if that's ever happened to you but yeah, yeah. Th- there are times it when i've gone from the detracts from yeah. the writing almost. and sometimes if there isn't a balance with that and the writing and the art's really good but the writing's sh- then I've, i just want nothing to do with it you know like it yeah. to me it's about immer- immersion and if i can be immersed in the story and i forget what's going on around me and i just like literally i'm in that universe for that small amount of time then it's done its job in and that's the best kind of comic for me yeah and you touched uh, briefly that roblox I did not, is and you can't like, prove it roblox is dressed like that because he's going to a chili cook-off where Grandma Hinton's secret sauce is going to hopefully win him the prize. He is at the airport, and he, unbeknownst to him, is load of cobras have spotted him, and they divert him onto a different plane, which happens to be a cobra-only aircraft. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of get a passenger fifty-seven feel to this episode. And what I did like early on 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 page two, I think it is, you see some cobras in a van, kind of dressing up in their cobra uniforms without headgear on and it felt a little bit action forcey yes. you know in those early issues of action force where nondescript cobras and crimson guardsmen yep. got FaceTime, if you will yeah that's same kind of things happening here that the the lower you know nondescript guys are getting FaceTime with names and kind of personalities and a little bit of you know fleshed out character and i, I like that totally and also it probably goes it, it's it's interesting because it's happening now in the current run the idw series snake hunt say that carefully but that is uh currently you know you're starting to see a lot of those troopers without them that headgear and i think it's something that sh- that definitely needs to be done because it, it characterization is what makes these the, these comics really good as well and yeah th- this is great like you all of a sudden you've, you've got faces to these faceless cobras that you usually have something that this reminded me of as well was uh, that scene in commando when he has to get off the plane. Yep. Excuse me, how long is the flight? We land in Valverde in exactly 11 hours. Thank you. And do me a favour. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Uh, yeah, that just reminded me of that. And, like, obviously, Roblox a hench as dude as well. So it was like... Yeah. I could just imagine him, like, elbowing one, that guy next to him, sitting next to him um, in the face and just going, don't wake my mate, my, my friend up. He's dead tired, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the bit where it's really fast-paced because yeah. as soon as they spotted him, someone's on the horn oh, to someone on, on, away. on the desk. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, fine, we've looked him up. He's a two-bit cook. He's a freaking two-bit cook. So I love this scene on page three, the bottom half of the, of the page, where 
they're they're basically all the cobras on the plane and they're giving them like the rundown listen up we're taking a joe on board he's clueless that he'll be flying on a plane full of cobras um they're basically giving them a rundown we also have a variety of knives available for your laceration pleasure <laughs> just handing out weapons to all these cobras uh, for, the, for the final shakedown i love how roblox all happy because he's been upgraded to first class <laughs> yeah yeah You're screwed, little does he know i mean he straight away some guys try to stick him with a needle he's chucked the chili powder in the guy's face i i got confused here because i thought he actually did get him with the needle and it's only when i've looked now that i realize that the needle isn't in him and you see the drip coming out of the bottom of it because initially it looks like it's right in his arm well it looks like the needle point is a crease on his shirt exactly exactly so i think that that was one of those things where i was like i was going to say actually one of my notes was how come nothing really was taught you know he he doesn't even show like a a lethargicness or anything like that you know it's weird that he he doesn't have any effect on him i know he's a big dude but you know i'd imagine they would have given him enough to knock a horse out so yeah uh, yeah, that's interesting that i just realized now i'm like oh okay that's why (laughs) that makes a lot of sense yeah and i like the fact they kind of give him his counterpart is kind of equal in the hench stake so you've got some guy called igor some viper yeah is basically some some steroided up viper and they kind of go one-on-one as well just it's non-stop action from start to finish and uh, i don't know i just i thought the the pacing was great i really enjoyed the scripting when when he, him and igor are having that fight and igor's about to shoot him and obviously already the, someone has already shot shot at roblox and they're all having problems because it's sucking like the door opens and all of the air's being you know sucked out and they're all you know getting sucked off um yep. and they're all holding on for dear life and the eagle goes to get his gun goes to shoot and says well if we're all going to die i'm going to make sure i kill you first and all the kind of stuff he says like hell no but thumps him like almost out of the out of the door right and you see him go, oh, kind of thing but you don't yep, see yep. him and then right. obviously later on he appears again where did he like what has he how has he stayed in is he grabbed like the side of the door and pulled himself yeah. back in or something because i can't see anything yeah i think i'm going with that he, you know he's gone out the door and he's just grabbed some part of the fuselage or something, and then whilst roadblocks off battering someone else, he's crawled his way back in. Let's go with that. Okay, we'll go with that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, he has to fight his way out, basically, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's just, just scrapping all along the plane, and um, in the end, he oh, he straps on a chute, doesn't he? And then he get, picks up like an RPG. <laughs> this is great. Cause the, well, first off, I love how he deals with the pilot that got him on the plane in the first place. And he kind of punches him a bit, and then they're like standing there and like looking at each other. And he says, "You know what this is, mate? This is a <laughs> missile. I know how to. I know this particular model, how to set it off manually. And I'm gonna. And, and do you know where I'm gonna shove it? And then the next Close panel, his jacket. <laughs> he's flying. And again, this reminds me of True Lies when the guy uh, is hanging off the Harrier missile." that you know uh, Arnie's oh, yeah, in yeah. control of and he he basically with the guy's sitting on the missile <laughs> he fired. fires it through the building to hit the helicopter on the other side just reminds me of that and him like flying out the back of the plane with this missile attached to his jacket it's amazing yeah very good very good and then as they're falling out well eagle gets the back blast doesn't he as well yes the, yes the second second whatever he's firing he jumps he jumps out with igor attached to him and he's like you're gonna kill us both i'm gonna take that parachute off you and then uh thankfully roblox has also grabbed a, a missile launch as well on the on the way down and yeah. then uses it to a fire at the 
uh, the the plane that he's like you know falling away from but then also yeah. the back blast just literally takes eagle right out of the situation and yeah. he just you know um parachutes to safety yeah and is capped off by him having to eat some tinned chili <laughs> which he at the beginning of the issue was slagging off he's like i'm going for a real chili contest no this crap and now he's having to he's burp he's having to eat this, this horrible chili that he's cooking up on yeah, the on yeah. the uh, on the fire brilliant and then ace finds him hours later and tips his wings in the ghost striker x16 i love that that's wicked that's it yeah that's it do we want to do a bullpen bulletin do we need to give this a yo joeage or yeah we do yeah yeah but this is this this bullpen bulletin was just for oh, the last page. sorry you mean a you mean when you quiz me on sh- here, co- yeah. here comes the music testing chris on marvel heroes will he score big or get lots of zeros with an iron man a hocker wolverine a doctor doom does he know his wizard from his fin fan boom okay uh so no at your quizzes in this one but we have got issues on sale this week i bet the seddens are really our old, upset about that our, our old favorite yeah no no uh sports trading card talk this week they are doing high fives i suppose the only fashion we could really talk about is Knox, right yeah, but it's not a new outfit, and she's just Colton, a new character. maybe? Ace? Uh, Ace gets his uh, new outfit. Let's save it for next week. Well, I'm going to throw it in here now. Armani, Prada, Versace too. Joe's changed their outfits from black to blue. Duke and Hawk, look, but don't gawk. Changing their kit. Whoa, is that legit? Swapping camo jackets, headgear and boots. It's now neon colours and funky space suits. Sci-fi stalker and even Roblox. While Bill, Flint and Mutt gave me a shot. So go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion. Because it's comic book talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion. There's the music, and I'm going to say Ace, and that's all, and we'll move on. Okay, just because you want to put that in. Well, Ace he spent in, time editing it. He was in the first, yeah, exactly. He was in the first issue we looked at as well, and obviously that was new, so, you know, it's it's his, not only his new d- get-up, but his new f- plane. Okay, next. Okay. All right, so new one, I'm going to, I'm going to, instead of giving you the first letter and letting you guess the Marvel title, I'm going to give you the description, and you can tell me the title. Well, good luck with that. Okay, if Hera is here today... Will Hercules Be Gone Tomorrow by Harris, Johnson and Palmer. So that would be Thor? No. Issue 380. Hulk? No. Spider-Man? No. Uh, well, he's, gonna, he's not going to be like... It's not It's not going to be Hercules, is it? No. Ares? No. No, I haven't got a clue then. Uh, Avengers. Oh, okay. He Hasn't Got a Snowball's Chance Against Hella by David, Frank and <laughs> Rubenstein. <laughs> is this related to the previous one by any chance? No. No, but I think you did say it as the answer. Oh, Thor. No. <laughs> Gotta go through them all again, have I? Yes. Hulk? Yes. Okay, that'll do. It's an easy one. It's Ghost Rider versus Spider-Man, <laughs> 2099 style. <laughs> Is it Spider-Man 2099? No. Is it Ghost Rider? Uh, and the rest. <laughs> Is it Ghost Rider and Spider-Man 2099? <laughs> no. Is it Ghost Rider 2099? Yes. <laughs> Uh, Alright, we'll do one more. Uh, Let's try this one. A down and out singer turns vigilante. It's number one with a bullet by Rainy Del Rivio. Dazzler? No. Singer? That's not a clue, I don't oh. think. Oh, okay. Um, think more pun- vigilante. Pun- Punisher? Yes. Well, Sing. I was going to say Punisher before you said think more vigilante, but yeah, the Punisher. Alright, let's, let's move on. Uh, what's our Yo Joage for this issue? I enjoyed this a hell of a lot more than the other. Well, than yeah, I think it was probably my favourite out of the three. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a, a seven and a a high seven. High seven, Chiefs popping in with an eight. 
Uh, in the letters column for this issue, actually, there's a bit that says, Message from Mike, who is the editor. Yo, Joes, hope you enjoyed our double guest stint here in the pages of G.I. Joe. But have no fear, rabid ones. Lethal Larry Harmer returns next issue in an unforgettable story featuring Wade Collins, not seen since issue 43. I'm sure he appeared after issue 43. Didn't he appear when they, yeah. in the Snake Eyes trilogy... Yeah, in we, the 90s. Yes, you're 100% correct. We had Wade, yeah. yeah. I'm sure we did. Where he, he popped up on the like the newsstand yeah. in, his, in his green fatigues. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, fine. So there you go. You got it wrong. Uh, no editor, prize. Mike. No prize. Yeah, no prize. Uh, any other letters to read out here? Don't think so. We'll probably get some from issue 155. So next week, we will be covering just issue 155. We will have also a general recap of the run so far dishing out some awards etc so join us then but right now i want to hear about toys and that's where you come in chris talks about toys ho ho chris talks about gi joe he talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show chris talks about toys chris talks about toys chris talks about toys Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Ho, ho. Right, so let's talk... I'm drinking nut milk. Let's talk nut milk for a... F- <laughs> no, let's talk Cyber Vipers for a second. Mm. Now, this uh, would have been done on our previous episode, but we went so long with uh, Chad and Chris Sims that uh, we decided to cut any toy talk because it just would have gone on too long so now i'm basically supplanting that into this episode and thankfully there is a cyber viper in the the scarlet issue so lo and behold i'm saved i'm salvaged so yes so we've basically got the cyber viper 1993 now gi joe hasbro decided to do a line uh, or tried to kind of mix it up with the gi joe line and they did all sorts of crazy stuff obviously we had the battle core uh we had drug elimination force before that we had ninja vipers uh, ninja force we had all that kind of crazy stuff they went even more insane with the mega marines and the mega monsters mega marines cobra city's mega monsters are unstoppable the mega monsters attack with crushing tentacles and gruesome gut bombs but gi joe mega marines come equipped with pressure molded bio armor And here's the G.I. Joe Monster Blaster APC with its lock and load cannon. Whoa, whoa, fire! Marines come with bio-armor. Cobra Mega Monsters and G.I. Joe Monster Blaster APC. Figures and vehicles sold separately. Cave lab set not available. You Cobra Monsters are pretty tough, but I'm going home! Now, the G.I. Joe Mega Marines consisted of, like, I want to say six figures. It was gung-ho, clutch, uh, mirage, blast-off for the Joes. And then there was the Cobra Mega Viper and the Cobra Cyber Viper for Cobra. And then also there were two Mega Monsters they brought in, a Bio Viper and a Monstro Viper. And also the vehicle, the G.I. Joe Monster Blaster APC, which was mentioned on a previous uh, episode uh, that was just dumped in the comic just randomly. Much in the same way the Cyber Viper has been utilised in the comics like this. Now, the cool thing about the Mega Marines... Uh, that I think is pretty cool, actually, is the moldable bio-armor that came with them. So, obviously, you get this kind of, like... It was basically like a tub of Play-Doh that would come with the um, with the figure on the card. So, the cards were quite big. You'd have, a mold, you'd have the moldable bio-armor. You'd have all the accessories. You'd have the figure. But then, also, you'd have this, like... It was like a plastic kind of shell that was all cool, like, design, had crazy, like... It was like a mold, you know, like a toy mold. 
and it would yeah. go around the figure and you'd put the like you'd put you'd put the squidgy moldable bio arm around it and then you'd put this case around it and and basically form this like moldable bio armor around the figure which i thought was a really cool touch and i think they did it with uh one of one of the, one of my favorite ever toys was the terminator uh set it was like a play set where they would have the he put like the flesh on the terminator skeleton basically it was so cool now create your own terminator with the bio flesh regenerator i'm back yeah think again Battle damage. Add flesh compound. Terminator created. Terminator. I'm back. Similar kind of thing, uh, but with this, it was you know a bit more manual, a bit small scale, and they did that with all the figures. But the Cyber Viper, um, I, I'm kind of picking out on this one because it was just so ridiculously mental in his design. So let's go through the actual figure and how he looks. Now the figure has a permanently molded mask on its face and it shows a little bit of the face at the bottom with like a almost like a thing around like a bar that goes from the bottom of the helmet and under the chin which is kind of like a weird design but I kind of like I kind of dig it he was (laughs) red green and dark gray so you know like a lot going on there and also the helmet was a different color so that was like this kind of lighter yellowy green which matched a lot of his accessories or I should say his missile launcher. He had the green moldable bio-armor case that went with him. And he just had this like really crazy design, like tall, sh- spiky shoulder pads in red. He had exposed flesh parts on his arms. Like one bit had like a sleeve and the other one doesn't have a sleeve. And one leg is green with grey and the other leg is red with grey. And there's different textures. The guy is all over the place design-wise. Now, the card art is just gorgeous. Like it's just amazing. I can't get enough of this card art. As crazy as the designs are, and I know the Seddons right now are probably sweating because every time I even talk about a figure that isn't the normal, you know, standard kind of design, then they go crazy uh, towards me. So I hope they enjoy the fact that I'm going with the Cyber Viper on this one. <laughs> but the card art was cool because the cards obviously they had a different background. So gone was the digital explosion or the whatever was going on in, in, in a lot of the other backgrounds. When you had a sub team like the Mega Marines, they would do something slightly different. And in the background is this green, like, it's almost like circular ooze, like it's a whirlpool behind him in green. And I just really, I thought that was really cool. The obviously the missile launcher fired, and that was a big year. Like they were always doing missile launches for Joe figures at that point. Uh, and if you look, at, I'll send you a picture of all of the the figures, like from that from that Mega Marines Mega uh, Monsters kind of line. The colours are just all over the place. Neons, oranges, like it, it's just insane. The Mega Viper as well is a really crazy kind of pink, like a purpley pink and yellow. It's nuts. So yeah, there was. I mean, it was it was bonkers. Now, the Cyber Vipers themselves, they weren't utilised that much in the comics, but we did get they did get squeezed into a couple of issues towards the end. We just saw one in Scarlet's issue and a couple of issues previous. I think the one we covered with Chad and Simo, obviously, as I said before, contained Cyber Vipers for the first time. Now, I'll read out the bio cards. So 
cybernetic officers, primary military specialty cybernetic operations, secondary military specialty biointelligence warfare. We are Cobra's elite cybernetic organisms, walking computers with bad attitudes. Dr. Mindbender created the Cyber Vipers because he needed two things, intelligent soldiers who could handle his highly dangerous bioengineering operations laboratory and keep the genetically enhanced mega monsters under control. The Cyber Vipers do both. They are first-rate fighters with evil brains enhanced by Mindbender himself. They are half man and half robot and both halves form one tough enemy for the mega marines to fight. These cybernetic troopers help control the top-level command operations of the Mega Monsters and are responsible for initiating their destructive attacks. They are the guardians of monsters, the overseers of doom. And then obviously with the what they were doing a lot those uh, around that time was the key underneath uh, the card that showed you what was part of their, you know, the figures so like the forearm firing cyber gun missile launcher etc etc. So that is basically the Cyber Viper uh, like I said, it was 93 in the US and I believe 93 in the UK as well. So, yeah, that is the Cyber Viper 1993 Mega Marines. Good stuff. One more to go for this Marvel run and it won't stop because no one stops making toys. There'll be more from Chris next week. And right now, though, I want to confuse some people because it's time for British Colloquialisms, a.k.a. over-egging the pudding. We got a pudding. We're going to egg it. We got a pudding. We're going to over-egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British Colloquialisms. So, so, a needle pulling thread. My one this week is very localised localized to about 10 people probably i don't know maybe maybe even less now because some of them are probably dead well i know i know one of them's dead and that's my granddad but anyway oh. he's the one who came up with this because he used to know a guy called jimmy Shearin, and now jimmy Shearin would always whatever happened to him in life that was what he wanted to happen so for example he would be Right, my granddad would tell me stories of he'd be riding down the road and something would go wrong on his bicycle and he'd fall off and he'd be like, that's perfect, I wanted to get off here. <laughs> or he had a big long ladder and he was carrying it along and he tripped over and he fell over and it broke in two and he's like, excellent, I needed two short ladders. <laughs> so whatever happened to him, it was perfect. So when in life, whenever something like that was happening to my granddad or now me, if it happens you know ah oh, perfect i'd say oh that's jimmy Sheeran. amazing and it actually happened it actually happened to us here because i had said to chris right let's get online and start the recording unfortunately he didn't get my message till about 10 minutes later but it was actually jimmy Sheeran because i had to finish off reading the issues and he had to take a piss so it was actually jimmy Sheeran the way it turned out so that is my british colloquialism and I've actually explained it, so uh, it's not a case of, oh, I can't guess what that is. But Jimmy Shearing means when something happens to you and you twist it to be you wanted it to happen anyway. Brilliant. That's a good one. My one, my one is not one. It's many. And it's the terms we utilise for being drunk. And I think you know what okay. I mean here. It's like, obviously, plastered is the one of the original British slang terms for being drunk. Yep. Uh, bladdered bl- bladdered it's basically you just put an ed on the end of it and all of a sudden it, you can use it for being drunk you're like ratted wasted. spanked wasted f- yeah. <laughs> literally porridged you know Rushed, yeah. 
pratted, socked, yeah. quidded, anything you can think of. <laughs> um, yeah. Sloshed is another one. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the fact that there are so many terms in the in the British slang terminology that that centre around getting drunk, and that should tell you everything you need to know about the British Isles. <laughs> that are now called the Pedof Isles. Why can we no longer think of the British Isles without the word Pedof in front of them? Did you ever watch the Day Today or...? Uh, yeah, that is a funny, funny show. Yeah, that, sorry. Yeah, so that, I'm not saying everyone's paedophiles in the Brit- in Britain, by the way, but if you've ever seen the t- Day Today or... Uh, what's the other one that kind of was a similar thing? Oh god, uh, they did the thick of it. They did a bunch. That uh, there's like two news ones though that they did uh, around the same time. But it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, Chris, check that out. Chris Morris. Oh I think god, he's so funny, so yeah. funny. Maybe he didn't do thick of it actually, but um, yeah, I, I know the ones you mean. News, not news night. Something, something like that. Check them out online because they are worth having a view. Anything with Alan Partridge in it. Anything with Alan Partridge in it. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> That was liquid football! Uh, Did you see that? He must have a foot like a traction engine! Goal! Go look up Alan Partridge. If you're from the States, go look up Alan Partridge online. It's very, very funny. But right now, it's time for... Chief Best Chris a question. Chief Best Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do? When Chief Best Chris a question. He'll answer it poorly. So... Again, this was going to be the question last week. Much we cut like everything no out. No toy talk. <laughs> we we cut it all out, and so I don't know if you've managed to finish editing that episode. Nope. I imagine it was a right. I haven't done it yet. Um, I mean, I'm about I don't, a third of the way through. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but anyway, terrible. My question to you this week, sir, is which for you is your favourite tandem, and which, if different, is the best dynamic between these selections. He-Man and Skeletor. He-Man, look! Two Skeletors! Which one is the right one? I'm... Hmm, I have an idea. Repeat after me. He-Man, I am your friend. He-Man, I am your friend. He-Man, I am... I can't do it, and I do not look like you! Come on, let's find Koldar. Optimus Prime and Megatron. Prime! One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. Matt Tracker and Miles Mayhem. Venom. Man! I've got to keep them away from my rotex. It's up! Good shot, Hondo. Into the woods! Lion-O and Mumra. Yes! And what do you see in the mirror? Your own reflection, Mumra! Splinter and Shredder. A lucky shot, old man. But if you want the retromutagen ray, you must first face my blades. And I will beat you. As I did when I was human. The best out of all of those. So your favourite and which one actually has the best dynamic that might not necessarily be your favourite. I think vintage He-Man and Skeletor had a good dynamic. They all do really. They're all very, like, I mean, they're polar opposites and they're always, you know, 
fighting or whatever. Uh, Prime and Megatron has has been going on for so long that it's evolved into something completely different. It's almost like Prime is now written as a as a bad guy for the things that he's done, like the not war crimes, but the things that he's done in order to defeat the Decepticons. And yep. Megatron almost became like an Autobot anyway in like the last run of and the most recent issues. Like he kind of almost came to his senses in a, in a way. So they've kind of changed characters so much over the years that it's hard to say. Which one I prefer? I think my favourite out of all of them is probably Splinter and Shredder because I'm a huge TMNT fan. Okay. But funnily enough, I'm not a massive fan of them necessarily as their head-to-head because, again, in the comics, Shredder dies in the first issue, the first ever, you know, comics, and then he kind of comes back in a weird way after that. In the current run of, of issues, he's not really in the picture again. Spoiler alert. And in the cartoon... It was very, you know, I don't know. I was always more, I was always focused more on the turtles. It's that's a really hard question, man. I'm gonna say my favorite is Prime and Megatron, and the best one is prob the best dynamic is probably He Man and Skeletor. Okay, good stuff. Uh, who can say if he's right or wrong? You Everyone can. out there on social media can. So join us next week. Well, I'll have one more question for the Marvel run or from this run of episodes covering the Marvel run. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just no, words coming up my mouth true. now. I think it's the nut milk has affected me. I'll give Let you just some look nut at, milk. Just look at the ingredients. Oh, yeah, it contains poison. Yeah, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> um, so uh, join us next week. You'll have all these segments again on the last show. We'll be covering 155, as I mentioned, plus awards. And we have a special guest is coming on to the show. We're going to keep it all hush-hush, but if you are a long-time listener of the show, I strongly suggest you Spoiler alert. tune in. It's going to be fun times. It's a one-off appearance. Don't miss it. I do want to give a quick shout-out, actually, to Doug Dello, who's written in to us. Uh, he's written in before, so how you doing, Doug? Nice to hear from you again. Now, he is asking what we're going to be doing after we finish the Marvel run. Are we going to move on to the Dark Horse and Devil's Dew stuff and Image stuff? I think we are going to. I think that is the plan. And Correct. he's saying, where can he get hold of that? I'm not sure. You can. I don't Good know if you question. can get that digitally. I don't know if you can legally get that digitally. You must be able to. But I will do some research, Doug, and I will let you know where the best place to get that is. And he says he's batting about 500 on the British colloquialisms. So, well done. Nice. Good, good work. So am I. <laughs> you, you can find us in all the usual places. That is Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com if you want to write to us, or Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. We're at this moment in time. We're on 489 Twitter followers. Let's try and get 11 more by the end of the year. I think we're going to have the final episode next week of the Marvel run, and then we may well try and squeeze one or two specials in before the start of the new year not really branching out into any of the u.s publications but just specials we'll give you more details next week hopefully and then we'll be rebranding relaunching in the new year covering whatever talking whatever talking whatever in 2020 so where can the fine people if you want to hit me get me on cheapy two shoes on twitter where can the people find you sir Diagnostic80 on Instagram and Twitter, and of course the Full Force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Patreon, Facebook, and Twitter as well. So, yeah, check us out. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff as always. I felt this issue was tight. This episode was tight today. Tight as I think it was good. With all that said and done, though, we'll see you down the road. Chio!